tell you what, this confidence oozing through his veins. Yeah, tap in with the football tap. It's the number one podcast. Yeah. With a football at, tap in with the football tap. Yeah. Tap in with the football tap. Guru. Tap in with the football tap, like a spinal, or it could get messy like Lionel. Them other podcasts throw back like a vinyl. The guru, he the goat, so it really ain't no rivals. Podcasts about passion, barely dollars. My favorite, Ronaldo, Jamal Musala. Football tap, it should be on your radar. Come and kick it with us, like Neymar, Sadio Mane, or Erling Haaland. Either way, the football tap, prime time, yeah. Now take that to the bank with you. The guru, he don't talk, he just pay pictures. Vividly, so come and see what he's saying. Highlights and more, you never get bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never get bored. Football tap, the number one source. Yeah. Come and tap in with the football tap. It's the football tap. Yeah, yeah. Come and tap in with the football tap. It's the football tap. Guru, football tap. Yeah. Come and tap in with the football tap. Yeah. With the football tap, come and chill with the groove, cuz football back, yeah. Alright, welcome back to the show. Um, this is my third time doing this. Um, I, I didn't, uh, first of all, I hope everybody enjoys the uh, new intro. Um, obviously, same song, same setup, kind of uh, just a different video in the background. Um, I think combining the Bundesliga Syria uh, angle fits better with the with the song rather than or the song in the show rather than um, Neymar just kicking the ball around. Um, I think it's more fitting, um, even though I love Neymar. Um, anyway, uh, so um, this is my second time doing this. Um, I basically what happened was. When I played the video, I had my mic uh, turned off, and then I switched. Uh, it, it's a thing on OBS, but you, you switch basically um, uh, scenes to some to a different uh, file, whatever. And I forgot to turn uh, my mic back on, so I was talking for a little while, um, not a long time, only a couple minutes, um, without um, without the, the mic on and. Thank goodness, because otherwise I would have done the whole thing and it wouldn't have. I would have. I would not have had any sound coming uh, out from it. So anyway, uh, Syria is back. Uh, we're in week two now. Uh, Bundesliga is in their second week as well. Um, so I'm going to get into it. Um, quick point of order. Um, the I mean, I was going to lead with Lukaku because for um, for a while. That was the biggest story of the of the leagues. That was the big sort of grabber of of him potentially coming to Rome. Um, he is he went to uh, he completed. I don't know if he's completed his medical, but but he signed the contract. He's come. Uh, he arrived uh, this afternoon in in, in Rome as a airport. Um, was greeted by five thousand fans. Um, obviously, it's a big deal for Rome and and what they need to be uh, working on and what he can bring to the team. Um, I just wish we had kind of gone down this road earlier, so we're not signing a, a striker, um, you know, in um, at the end of 
the very end of August rather than you know trying to to go on in and um, and get this done earlier. Um, uh, but so th- obviously that is a huge talking point, especially with with Roma and what they need out of that position uh, with uh, obviously Tammy Abraham um, injured and obviously the the uh, lack of points we have picked up in our first two games. Um, not only because of the striker thing, but we need a little bit more coverage. Uh, Andrea Bellotti by himself couldn't is not going to work, and obviously the the Leonardo uh, deal is on pause until January. And Zubata is not leaving Alonso for Roma, even though that was speculated to be done multiple times. Um, anyway, um, so I was going to lead with this, um, but something something is something very interesting is happening in, happening in Naples that could potentially completely change uh, their perception of how they're going to be operating this upcoming season. Napoli, obviously, that last year uh, won the league without difficulty, walked it to a certain ex- ex- extent. Um, that could be due to their, t- their team is a lot better than everybody else's. Uh, that, I mean, that's what, that's what you could uh, you can make that assumption from last season. But it's also a lot of the teams around them were kind of in chaos, and they didn't, uh, without being pushed, Napoli just kind of wrote it out. And again, I'm not I'm not discrediting it. They were deserving to win the the league last season. They were extremely well done uh, season, a, a dream season. Got out of the quarter, got into the quarterfinals of the Champions League, which they've never done. I've said this before. Sampdoria has a better uh, European resume than Napoli for at least in the Champions League, um, for example. Uh, but I think the fact that Napoli was not pushed by any other teams, really, it allowed them to just go off. And obviously, Victor and uh, Kavica Kavarashelia, both in there. And obviously, Kavica ended up being the best player in the league last season. I still think he's the best player in the league. This, I mean, it's only two games, but I think he's the best player in the league. I also think that um, he, he the player of the season thing was wrapped up after about four four games for him. I think he just kind of really established himself at a different level to to the rest of the pack. Um, they did lose Kim, which was a big concern for me because I don't rate Alex Merritt that well or that highly. And he was somewhat – Napoli were very good defensively last season. But I think the fact that he was a protection for the goalkeeper allowed him to make less mistakes and allowed him to just manage himself in goal. Um, obviously, they have other good good defenders in that team, but but I thought really specifically, Kim and the way he played played a big role in them keeping as many clean sheets as they did, and how and being as good defensively as they did, and all this stuff. And ultimately, he got uh, Alex Merritt another contract that he probably wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Uh, so that was a big miss. That's why coming into the season, a lot of people picked Inter as the overwhelming favorite to go and win the league. I myself included. Um, before this deal, and I'll talk about it in a minute, I would have said that I think it's it would it wouldn't be crazy to say that uh, Inter um, uh, finished the season ten points clear of second place. Napoli is is significantly higher level than all the other teams um, that would be com- potentially competing for the top four and com- getting in the title race. I think Napoli is a lot better than everybody else below them. Um, but I also think before this happened, I, I, I had held the belief that Inter is a lot better um, than uh, the Napoli. Now, 
Inter have a have had issues with choking it away and, and not doing what they're supposed to do despite winning the Copa Italia back to back, making the Champions League final, obviously. They've lost pieces obviously with with Onana going to Man United and um uh, Gozens just went to Union Berlin and was fantastic uh, this weekend. Um, maybe even the best game he's ever played. Uh, but all things considered, when you look at it, um, the team that Inter's put together, when Lataro's on fire, obviously, as captain this season, has uh, three goals in three, 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 yeah, three goals in two games um, on fire. And they also brought in uh, David... Uh, I can't say his name. Farizzi from uh, Sassuolo because Roma and couldn't couldn't do couldn't pay or refused to pay or all these other things didn't didn't put out an offer that um, Sassuolo was interested in. It was clear what they would what they wanted, um, and and Roma did not comply with that. Um, they also uh, brought in uh, Marcus Duran, and he does miss chances, but as a number two striker coming in with Lukaku not being there this year. Um, that's a big move, and then they brought in. Um, what's they bring in? Uh, striker um, Arnautovic from uh, Bologna, who's done really well over there for the last two years. Um, so you look at all those things. They sorry, that's all brought in. They, they just overall, um, even though they lost Abrozovic, they replaced him. They lost Onana, replaced him with Jan Summer and Udero from. Sampdoria, so they they are a really deep team. So from just a roster standpoint, they have the best roster by far. And Victor Osimhen not leaving Napoli plays a huge role, huge role in all of this because it feels like a new signing. Because with Man United, PSG, who was Bayern Munich, and Chelsea all very interested in him, it was it felt like um, that Victor was gonna go with a. Um, Event leave to the Premier League because he's been he's been public about his desire to one day play in the Premier League. Um, so you know you look at all those different things, it's like a new signing, but still with what Inter did, it's like Napoli still can push them. But there's also a world in which uh, Napoli uh, finishes the season. Uh, sorry, Inter finishes the season. You know. Five, ten points clear of, of, of Napoli. It's, it's not impossible considering what they had uh, put together. And again, Inzaghi is not the most. I, 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 he's a good coach. He plays attractive football, but but he doesn't seem like the one who can get it over the line because the last two years he's failed to do so. And and the teams are quite similar to what cut again different, but but a lot of the same core players that they had uh, during the Conte year when they won uh, they won uh, the Scudetto. Um, so everything that's going well, but obviously with, with Victor and uh, Kavica Kavarashela, you have two of the best players in the league linking up again, a duo that needs to stay together if they want to continue to win. Um, but still, it felt like Inter's squad and what they, what they have put together was a little bit... Uh, they had they have more depth and they and Napoli lost they not lost Kim who went to Bayern Munich and I think that's a huge deal. They also lost um, Spalletti who I guess is coach Italy now. Um, they brought in Rui Garcia who's not been good enough to, to really achieve what Napoli would like to achieve at the highest level uh, in, in in many years. Um, he hasn't been that coach for for quite a while. Um, 
So it's a strange, strange hire because I don't think he's a good enough coach to be coaching a team that needs to has the ambitions to win the league. Um, but again, with the duo, you still have chance. So even even if I picked Enter, I thought Napoli had it in them to push them around, not push them around, but to put pressure. Um, I think Napoli feels more comfortable not being the favorite for the most part because when they have been in the past, not counting last year, when they've been a favorite or, or needed to thrive with pressure and the rest of the league is 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 sharp, they've folded under those circumstances. Last year they did not fold at all, but partly was because all these teams were in total dysfunction and they were able to manage the situation and, and just uh, and do really well. Again, Napoli goes and, and makes the quarterfinals of the Champions League, uh, first time ever. I mean, I've, I've famously said that Sampdoria has a better uh, Champions League resume than Napoli does, and, and to date they do because they made a they made a final, and I think they made a quarterfinal, I think, or semifinal. I don't remember. Uh, anyways, so so Napoli has not really cracked it in Europe, but the fact that they got to a quarterfinal, which is something they never do. Napoli always start well, and when they get their first hiccup, they collapse. They didn't do that. They kept pushing and, and, and deservingly won the title. Um, in, in in case of that, though, it's, they, they benefited from some of these other teams not being as sharp. I think this season, the teams that were dysfunctional, uh, uh, who was it, uh, uh, Juve, uh, uh, Roma, uh, Inter, AC Milan, uh, teams like that will really th- will really thrive this season because they're 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 in better situations than they were last season. Um, if you're going to push it even a little further than that, it the teams that don't benefit from this is potentially, I think Napoli because just because of the duo is going to be right there at the top. Uh, but like Lazio, I think Lazio can can fall apart a little because of a Savage leaving and all these other things and. So going into the season, I thought that, okay, Inter's going to win the league. I think they'll win by five-plus points um, just because overall they got more depth. They have – yeah, they just have more depth, and th- their starting lineup is just as good. They don't have the duo, but they have Lataro, who's just as good as uh, Kavita Kavarashele and just as good as Victor Osman. In fact, he's probably better than Victor Osman, even though Victor had a better season because he's been he's been operating at, at that top level for longer. He's won the league, won a couple of Copa Italias. He's – He's been the answer for Inter Milan, and he started strong this year. And again, if Victor goes on to smash at 30 goals again, then you can say, okay, maybe Victor now is the best striker in the league. But to date, Lotaro is still the striker in the league and still the best, different, biggest difference maker in this title race potentially. Um, obviously, th- there's been some stuff in you know that they needed, that Napoli needed to deal with. Uh, the midfields um, is something that. I don't think it's particularly been their really strong suit. Now they have good midfielders. Uh, I'm not saying that's not, not that's not what they have, but but they don't have those that can really make a splash or make a big di- difference. Now they were they were after they were after. Um, uh, um, sorry about that. Uh, they were after uh, Gabri, who was playing at Celtic Vigo, who was linked to the likes of of uh, Real Madrid, of um, Nap- Napoli almost signed them. But then he went off to uh, Saudi Arabia, which to me is is insane for a multitude of reasons. I don't want to go go on the Saudi Arabia thing because I've made my opinions on this very clear. Um, it's 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 sad to see someone that young, but then obviously the the offer and money and Ronaldo's over there, Neymar's over there, Benzema was over there, and I was trying to you know it's it's a whole mess. I think. The problem with real quick, the problem with Saudi Arabia is all the, the top players are going to the same teams. 
So Al Hala, um, uh, Al Nasser, um, the team that bond, I, I don't know these names, but there's like there are like three or four teams that has all the best players there. So the rest of the league is just going to be good. It's, it, because to be a top league, you're going to need more than just three or four teams that are really good. You're going to need some of the teams at the bottom of the Saudi league in the mid, mid, mid table of Saudi league getting those top players as well. And that's not happening. All these Saudi uh, uh, league, uh, league players or sorry, players that are going to the Saudi league are all going to the, the that, that section, the top part of it. Um, nobody's going to the middle or the bottom part of it. So if this league is going to grow, they're going to need more than that. But to see someone as young as he is do that is again I don't blame him for doing it, but it's it's sad because he's such a young talent that could have you know, uh, yeah it's just it's just one of those. Anyway, he was about to join Napoli, it didn't happen, and then um, basically I was just kind of um, uh, just just looking up, um, uh, sorry. Uh, just, just checking out uh, uh, transfer news from um, uh, from Fabrizio Romano, who was posting some stuff. I was I was just kind of um, scrolling, and now again going into this, I still believe Inter are the uh, top team. But what happened on I don't know what it was. It was a few days ago with this particular deal I'm about to discuss here. Um, I was as a Roma fan that doesn't want Napoli to win the league. Again, I hate, I don't like Inter either, but I don't want Napoli winning back to back because of the way the fans will behave. Um, but when you look at what happened with with all that stuff, when I saw this deal, I was pissed because of how good he's going to make this team. Because he, this guy's just again, I'm I'm gonna real, real for one second, but he makes this team so much better. This is a splash, and nobody's really talking about. What Napoli just pulled off here. Uh, anyway, uh, so just to, to, I mean, most of you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, but, uh, so, um, is this from today? I'm just checking something, August 29th. Yeah, it is. Uh, so, uh, a couple days ago, I scroll through uh, Twitter and I or, or or X whatever, um, and I see a familiar Bundesliga player that is an absolute machine, a great playmaker, and one of uh, a magician. He's just truly spectacular. I saw Napoli agree to it again. There was no links to this whatsoever until the deal was done. I saw Na I saw Napoli complete a deal for Jesper Lindstrom from Antracht uh, Frankfurt. For 25 million, uh, it's an insane deal. 20 million plus, uh, uh, sorry, uh, so it's a five million loan fee with a 20 million mandatory buy option clause. I don't understand this because it's, isn't that the same as an obligation to buy? Because an ob obligation to do something is be basically saying it's mandatory. Um, I guess it's, there's a little different, but but I, I just I just don't understand why sometimes they say oh, it's an obligation to buy versus a mandatory buy. To me, it's it's all the same shit. Um, anyway, uh, so he he's going to be joining Napoli um, with this deal. Uh, Chucky Lozano is probably going back to PSV Eindhoven, uh, which is a good move because I think I think um, Napoli worked to an extent. 
but he didn't splash the way um, he would have. Obviously, there was a lot of comparisons with him and Christian Pulisic um, at that time, and you know, obviously, I'll, I'm going to get onto all that stuff later. But um, but Pulisic and Chucky Lozano since that time have not really exploded in the way they were expected to. Now, um, uh, Christian won the Champions League with Chelsea, um, and Chucky Lozano uh, did played a role last year in Napoli, winning the league, and obviously wins the league title last year with Napoli. Um, I think it's a it's a great deal, but but to get uh, to get uh, Jesper Lindstrom in a team that already features um, uh, Kavicha Kavarshalia and um, and Victor Osiman is the biggest splash of the transfer window for me. Um, now, and I mean, okay, let's 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 just let's just so just for the sake of argument, let's just put Bellingham's deal aside and let's put the um, what's in, who's another one that that probably would be a little better. Um, that's the main one. Um, uh, but uh, anyway, so. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of other deals that were better. Just you know, Bell- put Bellingham aside. You could put some of the Leverkusen deals aside because I think they've been they've done brilliant business. Tonali to Newcastle is up there too. Uh, uh, but but all of that, all that, all that being said, um, we're gonna look at you know um, for him to come into an Napoli side with Rui Garcia. And again, I, I don't rate him, but the fact but the fact that you now have a gem in midfield. A guy who can play central attacking role underneath um, uh, Kavicha and uh, Victor if necessary. He can go out wide if necessary. Very athletic, very skillful. Um, he also can d- he also can drop a little further down to the, to CM. Um, again, he's not a central midfielder by design, but he's capable. So he's very versatile. He's very athletic. He's incredibly intelligent, and he's he's a, a perfect playmaker for an Napoli side that's going to have Kavicha and uh, Victor Osiman on the ropes all the time with opportunities to score goals and stuff like that. Now, again, Inter, Inter, before this, I, I, I still think Inter probably the favorite. But Napoli, this might put Napoli in that driver's seat. Again, favorite, it doesn't really matter because when the season begins and everything starts and ends, it that's just going to end up being – um, it, it, it's just it's just a, you know speculation of who's going to win. We don't know who's going to win anything yet. So, but of the teams that I would consider battling it out for uh, the league title, I think it's Napoli and Inter mostly. Um, but now with Napoli adding this piece, I think it's an extraordinary piece that they're they're going to really uh, cash in on and, and benefit from and um, and all this stuff. And um, I'll just to get I, again stats. Um, are not everything, um, uh, but uh, but they're not unimportant either. Okay, so um, last two seasons in the Bundesliga, seven goals, two assists um, uh, in 22-23, five goals, four assists in 21-22. Um, you know, may not be the most... Uh, Whatever you want it to call it, but but he still is one of the best playmakers. Um, in well, he was one of the best playmakers in the Bundesliga. He's going to come into a Serie A and and be one of the best players in the league for them. I think this is a huge coup, um, and he's capable with these two uh, up front. 
I think the, the possibility of, of Napoli becoming a, an incredibly dynamic side with him in it is going to be so uh, so dangerous. Um, so I think from just from a, a standpoint of of closing gap or potentially putting together the best team you possibly can build, I think um, I, I genuinely think that uh, Jesper Lindstrom just takes them to a different level. Now without him, Napoli is still an incredibly a potent a proposition because you have Victor and then you have Kavici Kavarshelia. Uh, but you add what they already have in, and if you look at Napoli's team, it's still it's not as strong as Inter's in my opinion, but it's still relatively strong. Um, I mean that just adds another dimension to it. Um, they obviously have players I'm not a big fan of, but I mean from top to bottom they still are really potent in a lot of areas. And you look at the, t- the the type of players that they've already brought in, and what you're going to get with Lindstrom is just going to, um, you know, going to take it to uh, another place. And Lindstrom is someone who's very adaptable, which will help the football that Napoli will play. He'll also give opportunities to um, uh, to so many, uh, uh, pe- uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, so many in the attack. Um, and that will make them dynamic. Now, my, my concern would still be that the defensive thing with Kim leaving and being at Bayern Munich now, how are they going to cope under those pretenses? Um, I mean, they got, they've gone off to a big start here. And uh, remember, they, already, they have, obviously, uh, Kavicha. They also have Victor. Now they have Lindstrom, who's very adaptable. Um, you look at uh, someone who's gonna—I think—is gonna play a big role this year. Um, again, I'm not a fan of, of uh, Gio Simeone. I'm sorry. He's—he's he's the Jeremy Lin of football. He had—he had that one great season at, at Verona, went absolutely nuts. But he's not an, an incredibly high level. Again, he's a good—he's a good type of player that you can bring off the bench and, and do different things with that. But—but but you need a high level. Uh, so anyway. It's not a big deal, but but he's not someone that I would look at and like, oh yeah, this is this is perfect. Um, he's he's gonna he's gonna explode. That's not happening. He's a good guy you can bring off the bench. Now, um, the other thing is uh, Raspadori, who played well last year, I think gets a big role this year and is gonna do well under the, the season with some of the you know year two of this Napoli team uh, with with Kavicha and and Victor. I mean, you just look at some of the players they brought. Again, they didn't bring in a lot. Um, they brought in a couple of players from Serie B from Bari. They brought in a center back um, from RB uh, uh, Leipzig. Not Leipzig, but RB, RB Red Bull. The Brazilian one. Uh, they also brought in uh, Castude from uh, um, um, Stade Remis. And then they, they've obviously brought in uh, Jesper Lindstrom. They haven't really addressed the main concern. Um, let's see, no, nothing, nothing fun. Um, main concern in regards to the defense. But I think what you get with uh, Jesper Lindstrom being added into this team is you get a different uh, Napoli that can be more, more dangerous and more potent in lots of different ways. Just because he's he has the experience of playing in the Bundesliga. Which again, I, you don't need to, to know, know my opinion on this because you know what my opinion is on it. I think that that is this league. Um, I think you're you're going up against guys uh, that maybe not everyone has heard of, but 
but the com- the co- the competitiveness, especially in in like uh, in like those sort of areas, especially midfield, the playmakers they have in the Bundesliga are next level, and he was able to thrive in that. And again, the numbers are good; they're not explosive or, or amazing, but I think he, you could see a season this year with with him potentially uh, uh, bringing a different level of enthusiasm and to this Napoli side. And again. Twenty-five million for a guy that's probably better than most of the, the squad already, other than the two up front, um, is pretty remarkable. Now, if you're looking at Napoli, how they've started this season, because this, this, I think he should be in the squad for the next game. They won their first two games against Frosinone. Was a tad concerning at the beginning, but they ended up uh, doing it. Victor scored twice. Um, this last weekend, who did they play this last weekend? Um, I'm going to check this. A Sassuolo against Sassuolo. They, um, uh, Kavic assisted Victor. Did he score one or two? I think he just scored one. Uh, yeah. Um, so, so, um, Yep, yeah, uh, he scored one. But he also, uh, Kavicha also played, came off the bench, and, and delivered a, uh, an assist um, in what was a, uh, a 2-0 victory. Again, no, no defensive issues so far. Uh, but when they play the bigger teams, I feel like that's going to be more of a concern. I think it's something that should be addressed in the coming weeks. Um, if they can, again, maybe this guy, uh, Natan from Brazil, is going to be truly spectacular. But you look at all all, the, all things considered, I think um, Jesper Lindstrom makes this team a lot better. And I mean, they're going to be so more so dynamic and so explosive, especially what they have going forward. It's going to be a nightmare for defend uh, you know defend defend yeah, defenders to deal with. I, I just think he's that good. And with what they have with the two specific, specifically, but they also have Raspadori and again not a big fan of Gio, but Gio can come in and and do make some sort of dent in the team. So you look at all those things that you already bring into the attack. You bring his um, experience in Germany, and now you're coming into this team with other explosive players. You put that together, it's going to, from an attacking standpoint, it's just going to be absolutely um, spectacular. And I, I do genuinely think that the, this could really change the way, it, the hierarchy of what's going to happen this season as far as, winning the league or not winning the league. And again, I think Inter still has top to bottom the best team. But I think when you add Lindstrom into what you have here with the other two, I think he just is he's just gonna be he's just gonna add so much value to an Apple side, especially in the attack. And again, their attack was potent last year. I think they just got a whole lot better. So I think this is something I'm really going to kind of look out for and kind of keep my eye on because I really think this it's gonna fit him perfectly. And again the the uh, uh, the coach uh, um, Rui Garcia um, I think is a little over, in over his head but when you bring in a guy like that with what they have I mean I, I just see this team being a lot very explosive from an attacking standpoint if this clicks they'll they'll be they'll be one of the best attacking teams in in the world now maybe even go a step further in the Champions League. Um, but again, the Champions League bug is something that Napoli is eventually going to have to conquer. And I know they they got knocked down the quarterfinals, but they need to continually get to the quarterfinals or better. Um, 
but I think I think Napoli is just a lot better than than any of the other teams that in their in this picture other than Inter and uh, and Napoli. I think those are the sorry. I think those are the only two teams that can win the league. AC Milan is doing some good things. I think there's other other teams that are doing some, can do some good things this season. But I think um, with with Napoli and with this addition, I think they just went to another level and Inter are still above that level, but only slightly. I think that I think this signing makes things uh, that much more interesting. All right, moving on. Um, we're going to go into the Roma corner. Um, for a bit here, um, I briefly touched on um, Roma's uh, uh, not victory. Uh, Roma's um, um, draw against uh, Santiano last weekend, or not that the weekend before. Um, obviously, Bellotti's uh, big moment um, scoring twice, scoring a third. El Drula offside. Obviously, Roma dominated that game. Antonio Condreva scored two absolute world-class strikes um, that um, would have... Um, hold on. I need, I need to do something. All right. Um, sorry about that. I needed to um, uh, erase some things because I thought my feed was going to cut because of storage issues, so I had to go in. And uh, deal with that. Anyway, so what was I talking about? I was talking about Roma. Um, Roma in that first game showed, I mean, despite despite the draw, showed a little bit of something there. The midfield looked great, especially with uh, Bove, Uar, and Cristante. Um, and you, the, the, new, the new midfield signings, Paredes and uh, Sanchez, came off the bench, did well. We ended up getting a point from that game. Um, we probably deserve three, but you know, when you got you know, when you deal with a situation with a guy who has ro has rocket boots on, and I mean, there's nothing that can be done about those things. Um, that's just um, that's just the reality of it. Um, and uh, yeah, it is what it is. Um, but Grumble going to this game in Verona again. The expectations are pretty high because. Uh, Roma occasionally struggles in Verona, um, so there was a little bit of caution. But um, for the most part, I think when you look at Roma as a whole, um, bringing Dybala, I mean, Mourinho was still out for that bogus suspension. Um, but uh, but Dybala comes back, was supposed to, I mean, Dybala came back, Pellegrini came back, um, so the world, I mean, it was, it was a very, it was a game that Roma could have put themselves in the best position to win. You have Bellotti coming off of, you know, basically coming off of a, a season, or not season, uh, came, coming off a game where he put the ball in the back of the net three times. There was a, a, some level of, of optimism, some level of strength going into those games. And, um, yeah, Roma should have, um, you know, uh, been able to, to conquer that. They, you know, they, there was, re what I'm saying is there was reasons to be positive from Roma. Roma, first game, point of the season, okay, win, win at Verona, and then you set up the, uh, the clash with AC Milan, at, at that point would have been four points, four points out of a top, uh, out of a possible six, you know, is in the end of the world. Um, 
and um, yeah, it is what it is. That would that would have been a perfect world for Roman to go into. Um, it turned out to be quite the opposite. Uh, Roman made some uh, tactical mistakes all over the place. Uh, after Awar absolutely bossed the midfield, he was dropped to the bench. Bolve was dropped to the bench. Paredes, despite playing 15 minutes, um, was put into the starting lineup immediately. And again, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, sorry. I don't have a problem with him being... Uh, oh, okay, hold on. Let me say this. Let me say this. I don't have a problem with him being more introduced into the team as, as the time goes on. I do have a problem with um, the level of... Uh, how do I explain this? I don't think he played enough time for him to warrant a starting position. Now, if you make that call, fine. But leaving Awar out of that situation is just didn't make any sense to me. The lineup didn't make a lot of sense to me. I thought Roma put themselves in a, in a bad spot from the beginning. Now, in this game, Roma had the ball. I don't know, seventy had like seventy percent, seventy percent possession was absolutely kind of going all over the place in a lot of aspects of it. Um, they had created so many chances, but it's, it's Verona, it, it was a demeaning performance because to lose to Verona, a Verona side, uh, yeah, I know they, they got six out of six, but but that barely survived the season last campaign, I think was, was a tough one to kind of take. And um, so when you even go into Verona, which is one of the worst places to play because their pitch is not up to standard. But even even with that, Roma have got over the years found ways to get results there. Not always, but but at least enough um, for one to, to to expect that that's that is going to be the case. Okay, so what actually ha I mean, what happened during the match? Is, is unacceptable on all levels. Now, I don't know who, who picked the lineup. I don't know if it was Mourinho or not, but there was mistakes all over the place. And I think they, they I mean, Verona made made Rome pay. They had three shots on target the entire 90 minutes. They had 20 percent, twenty percent possession, yet they cashed in twice. The first goal was was a bad one to concede. It was a deep shot from out of the box. Rui Patricio spills it. They score easy. Then, at the end of the half, Roma pushed forward on a chance. A totally unorganized defensive position. They they shoot down the other end and and uh, and score. And I, I just think that the way they lost that game was unacceptable. Um, eventually, they make all these changes at halftime. Uar, who would have, you know, one of the only positive things you could take from that performance, he goes and scores the goal uh, to get us back into the game, but can't can't finish the job. Um, I, I think that we we wasted too many chances. That's I mean that's his reality. Twenty three shots um, in the game, and um, only seven were on target. Pellegrini wasn't at his best. The ball wasn't at his best. It was. It was an overall incredibly frustrating performance. Uh, Roma's issues have never been more obvious now with in regards to the striker position and what the, the priorities surrounding that made a lot of sense. 
but also opens your eyes to the goalkeeping problem. And again, first season, Rui Patricio was was really excellent. Um, the second season, um, he wasn't as good. I think for a good portion of the season, he was all right. He wasn't spect spe spectacular. He wasn't bad. He wasn't terrible. But then near the end of the season, he became terrible. He became problematic. He came all these things. The performance at Alonso, where he, you know, he lost us the game. He also lost us the game on Saturday against Verona. He doesn't spill that first, um, that deep shot. He doesn't spill it. They don't take a lead after four minutes. Maybe we strike first. If Roma score first, we probably don't lose this game. Um, now, he was partly responsible for the second goal, but that was more on the Roma defense, who don't make too many mistakes. But the problem is when they do, it's it's amplified because, you know, yeah, it's, just, it's a difficult scenario to walk into because um, Rui Patricio is not capable of bailing us out when we have a bad moment defensively. Now, there's, I, I think the defense isn't a huge issue, but um, I, I do feel as if that um, that when they when they occasionally make a mistake defensively, the goalkeeper should be able to handle that. Period. I mean, sorry. When, when you look at all of those things, I think the goalkeeping issue is a huge issue now because um, because you go to a game against AC Milan on Friday night, okay? If they're unable, to, if they make a it's not even about whether the defense makes mistakes. He just needs to not make errors. And in every match recently, he's making some kind of error. Now, in the opening match of the season, he didn't make any errors. But they, the other team didn't create too many chances, and the two the two great chances they had were unbelievable strikes. So you know, so now Roma are in this very weird predicament because they didn't they didn't prioritize the goalkeeper situation uh, in the summer. Um, they could have gone after uh, Vicaro, who's done a good job at Spurs so far, um, but then. <laughs> Yeah, it's just complicated because the summer's not over yet. But it's, I mean, we're in the closing moments. I'm not minutes, but closing days of the transfer window. And you know, you look at this in, in, in a lot of different directions. But but not having a reliable goalkeeper is scary because they, we started so poorly this season. We have one point from the first two games, which is completely unacceptable. Um, last season we had four points, but but still. I really think that the goalkeeping is a huge issue, and I think we're, we're, we have to reach a point at some stage that we're that Miles Savar uh, needs to be the starter in the league. Now, Europa League, Rui Patricio is good enough to start games in the Europa League. I think that's that's more than fair to say because he did it last year in the final. He didn't make mistakes, not really. Um, and I think he still has something to offer. But him being the number one choice in the league is slightly concerning to me because he just makes mistakes far too often. And if you don't give the, the young kid a shot, we don't know if we need to buy a goalkeeper. Now, he could come in and, and, and be okay, but Roma decide, okay, we're, we're, we're still going to go after a goalkeeper. That's fine. He could come in and be sensational, and he could come in and be awful. 
But Roma have to gauge whether or not he is capable of being Roma's number one. If he doesn't see the pitch, if he's not playing on a regular basis or somewhat regular basis, we're never going to know that. And I think at this point, he offers less of a risk in the few games he played last season to what he's looked like in the preseason. There's less of a risk there than, for example, with Rui Patricio. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a very problematic um, scenario. And, uh, you know, I think that um, it's, it's going to get worse before it gets better, unfortunately. And, again, against AC Milan... That's red hot, scored six goals in two games. Uh, Roma just can't afford to have someone like Rui Patricio make a big mistake that could potentially give the momentum to the other. Yeah, we're at home in Rome. We can't go into that game and get and get blown to, to pieces. And if we have an early mistake from Rui Patricio, we very well could get blown to pieces. So the goalkeeping situation needs to be addressed as soon as possible just because of the, the unbelievable risk that's attached to it now. We need to know whether Miles Savarez is capable of this, incapable of being the goalkeeper, incapable of being Roma's guy. There's not going to be a way for us to figure that out unless he gets opportunities. Now, I, I, I imagine the plan was to put him in the Europa League games, but I think he needs to play in the league because I think the fan base trusts him just a little bit more than Rui Batrucio at the moment. Um, yeah, I mean, Rome worked so hard to get out of this goalkeeping um, graveyard with Paul Lopez, Robin Olsen, Antonio Morante, Daniel Fusato, and now Rui Patricio. And it looked like they had something in that first season where Patricio was arguably the best goalkeeper in the league, or at least among them. He's one of the reasons that Rome won the conference league that season, with the, especially with the double save that kept Rome in front. Last season, he... He's dwindling a bit and made too many mistakes. wasn't wasn't horrible, but but wasn't wasn't good enough. And then this season so far, he's not been. I mean, I know it's only been two games, but he looks. Um, yeah, he he just looks up a bit. Um, um, yeah, I, I just there's not a lot of trust between the fan base and the team with him, and I think. He wants you play him in the Europa League games. That's fine, but to play him in the league the way uh, they have last the last two years, I think it's going to be fighting a losing battle because he's just not adequately um, he's just not adequate to, to to do that now because of the mistakes we've seen him make recently. And you don't want to be in a situation where you have to hold your breath every time someone comes into the box or comes into a dangerous position. We have to be able to deal with that. We have to be able to to manage it, and overall, we have to um, we have to just find either find a new goalkeeper or see if the young kid is capable of being the goalkeeper Roma need. But the longer Rui Patricio is in the box, you know, in between the sticks, um, I think um, the problems will only continue from a mistake standpoint because we can't be making mistakes especially the way we started the season especially against an AC Milan side that's absolutely cooking at the moment it's just going to be a disaster after disaster if we don't make a change sooner rather than later all right um so I'm gonna try to go as quickly as possible um uh the rest of the way just because um 
uh, I, it's been a while since I've done this, and I spent a lot of time. I spent almost 35 minutes talking about Napoli. Um, so I'm going to do my best to try to go through it. I'm, again, I'm going to take my time, but also I'm going to try to uh, uh, be able to hit all the topics I need to. Um, but that was a really big story, at least for me. I, no one else seems to think it is, but but I think that's a huge story for Napoli. Um, uh, so um, I'm going to kind of uh, skim through the rest of this. Um, so in regards to Roma's um, uh, striker issue, it's been a really horrible summer in terms of what's ended up happening um, because... We got the couple free transfers, and then we basically didn't, weren't able to spend. We tried to get Skamaka, wouldn't pay the money, refused to acknowledge that West Ham was not interested in a, a loan deal, continued to offer deals that they were going to turn down. Um, then we went uh, after uh, Marcos Lorente, or not, uh, Marco Marlos uh, Leonardo. It looked like it was going to happen. Then, then it was it was just a mess. He stopped uh, training. They tried to push the move, but they said they wouldn't sell him because they don't want to be relegated, things like that. Um, and then, you know, those talks will remove, remain, um, sorry, resume um, in, uh, in January. Um, then a whole lot of absolutely nothing, um, at least, you know, uh, for the moment. And then... You know, things started to happen, such as uh, Leo comes from uh, PSG on a permanent deal. I don't. Th I, what do we pay for him? I'm just. I'm just covering my bases, and then I'll talk about Lukaku. Um, Four million, three-year deal. That was the first permanent deal we we made that was not a loan or not free um, since the summer, and that was. Uh, I don't know what they'll tell me when that was. But um, um, on, on August 16th. So August 16th was the first uh, permanent deal. It's just been a really crazy summer. It's been dumb uh, that we haven't been able to do. Uh, he played for Roma uh, previously in the 2014-15 season and then played with us in the 2016-17 season, which was the... If, if everybody remembers, that's the record-breaking season. We had 87 points. Uh, we won. Uh, we didn't win. We went to the Corvaz Europa League. We scored 125 goals. I remember that season because only Barcelona and uh, Bayern Munich had scored more than us. So what I'm telling you is, during that campaign, we had scored more goals than Real Madrid. Finished second. We should have won that league. I'm still. I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> um, uh, so he comes, uh, Renata Sanchez comes from loan from PSG. I, I do believe there's a buy option at the end of that one. That was that was well, basically within the same week. Um, but obviously the big issue this season is the striker, other than the goalkeeper, as I just mentioned, that, that needs to be addressed uh, soon. But the striker position was something that really needed to be, um, be looked at and approached. And again, it was a disaster after disaster after disaster. And then all of a sudden, uh, last week, um, Lukaku stuff was coming up, but it wasn't like a, you know, it wasn't like a constant, uh, a constant thing, if you know what I mean. Um, um, anyway, uh, we brought in uh, on loan 
from uh, Leverkusen, uh, Sardar Osmund uh, from um, as I said, Leverkusen, uh, Iranian international. Um, just to run through, he, he did. So everyone says he was bad in the Bundesliga. He scored four, five goals in 32 league games. Um, the reason he didn't score a lot of numbers is primarily um, because he uh, he came off the bench a lot. I thought he played well when he was asked upon. He had some bad games, he had some good games, and he had some somewhere in the middle. But this 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 notion that he completely flopped is not true because he was never really given a true. He was never given a chance truly to to make uh, an impact um, with uh, Leverkusen uh, last season and the season before. He played at 14 games, I, but he was. He was always behind someone in the in the um, I was going to say chipping order uh, in the um, in the uh, order uh, on the list of players that are at his position. Um, what the, what is the word I'm thinking of? Um, okay, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, but he was second or third choice most of the time um, in. You know, it's not great. 44 games, five goals. Um, but before that, before that, he was in Russia. Uh, uh, sorry, in Russia with um, Zenit St. Petersburg. And in those seasons, he scored 52 goals in, in league play. 52 goals in 79 games. Um, 62 goals in 104 games. Uh, and basically, he had been in Russia, Russian league before that. Um so, you know, you look at that. Uh, again, a lot of people are knocking it, which I think is really crazy because everybody was saying, oh, we need to strike it this season. We need to do this. We need to do that. But then the second we sign one, they, it's just it, – it, it, I just don't understand. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, it came to a point where I'm like, just sign a striker. It doesn't matter who it is. Um, obviously, we, we've, we've brought in another striker since then. But, but you know, if, if – as a depth piece, as someone who can come on and contribute, as someone who can start some games in the Europa League, I think he'll score goals. I really do. I think he's capable of it. Um, and, uh, you know, he doesn't have the number 14 shirt, which is the, the shirt of of, um, of Patrick Schick and also um, Sharomadov, who did not deliver in attacking positions. So there's no, I guess, bad omen over it, and I think he will, uh, he'll get, he'll provide us something. I really think he'll be a good player for for us to have. Um, may, you can, you, maybe he's an even better option than Zabata, who's 32 year, 31, 32 years old. Um, I know he hasn't played Italy yet, but he's only 28. He's not old. I mean, he's not young, but but he's he still has two more years. Um, okay, what are you? A year and a half before, uh, a year and a half before he turns uh, t- turns thirty. Um, and again, with Iran, 45 goals in seventy one games, he can he's capable of scoring goal with the, with the under twenties, for example, nineteen goals, nineteen like he's a guy who can find the back of the net. Now, should we expect him to get twenty goals? No, we brought in someone else to do that. But if he can get between five and eight goals. In the league, and then maybe like 11, 12 all comps. That's that's a good that's a good contribution, it's a good signing, and the uh, it's a loan, right? Yeah, the buy option is not that expensive. It's I think it's like 12 million. 
Um, again, Roma don't spend money, but it's still theoretically speaking, it's a good deal for for Roma. Um, so that that's uh, obviously he comes in and. and a lot of people were talking about it. I liked it because we got a striker who could help us, um, a guy who's capable of scoring goals, and and in a Roma team with with Mourinho, who, by the way, Mourinho has who has been a fan of his for a couple of years. So, I think it will it will all fit and all connect in one way, one way or another. Um, uh, real quick, uh, yeah, okay. So I'm gonna move on to the big story. All right. Um, Sorry about that. It's it's pretty hot up here, um, so I had to take care of uh, that. I just had to splash some water on my face. Uh, all right. <coughs> so I'm gonna talk about the, this Lukaku thing. Um, I'm gonna tell you that um, the way I the way I initially uh, took the information and the way I feel about it now is completely different. So I'm just going to take you back. So we were linked with Lukaku. I don't know. I don't know how long it's been. Maybe a week. Um, the, the idea of Lukaku coming, because obviously Lukaku's had a crazy summer. Um, again, he had some tragic moments at the World Cup. Had he not had those tragic moments, uh, Belgium perhaps would have qualified for the knockout stage. They didn't. And... Um, and then Croatia went on to make the uh, semifinal of the World Cup. Um, but it is what it is. And then in the Champions League final, there was a moment or two where he got in the way of someone else scoring. Um, you know, and the, the jokes and all the stuff, that memes online. But since then, he wanted to enter and look, uh, Lukaku at his best is elite. I never questioned uh, this from a football perspective. It was it was from the other the, the other parts of it. Now you look at Lukaku. Um, I don't want to go back too far just because um, I don't know how relevant it is. But uh, again, initially on Chelsea, and then um, after being discovered at Anderlecht, he comes to Chelsea. Doesn't really get an opportunity. Goes on loan at West Brom. 17 goals in 38 games. Then he goes to Everton. He crushes. 33 games. 16 goals in 33 games. 20 goals in 48 games. 25 goals in 46 games. 26 goals in 39 games. Machine, right? Then he goes. Uh, then he gets uh, bought by Man United. Um, let me see how much he, they actually paid for him. Because I, I thought it was quite expensive. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so about $90 million, which is crazy. Now, at that time, he was cooking. But is, was he worth $90 million? I don't think so. Uh, that's just me. But it was $70 million plus 15 in add-ons. This, this was when he moved to Man United. Um, and then uh, – oh, my computer's about to die. Hold on. I'll, I'll be right back. Just give me one second. I just want to say this before I plug my phone, my computer. Um United, he didn't do terrible. He didn't do great, but this was with, with Mourinho. Um, 27 goals in, in 51 games, 15 goals in 45 games, and I think they uh, won the... Oh, interesting. I thought he won the Europa League. Maybe he was gone already. Huh. Interesting. He said he didn't win trophies. I, mean, I, I, was, I was almost certain he was on the, the team that won the Europa League. 
What? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm confused, but it's okay. Um, then goes to Inter Milan with Conte. Third, and then he just go gets goes to a whole nother level with Conte. Thirty-four goals, fifty-one games. Thirty goals in forty-four games. Comes back to Chelsea um, for ninety-seven million, something crazy. And uh, Chelsea again, it was it was a problem because. He did an interview saying he didn't want to be there anymore midway through the season, saying that he should never have left Inter, and then he wants to play with um, um, Lataro Martinez again at Inter. Um, I don't blame him on that on that account. Lataro is awesome. I mean, one of the best players in the league, uh, best striker in the league in my opinion, one of the best strikers in the world in my opinion. He's just absolutely outrageous. But so I, I understand wanting to play with Lataro. Playing with Lataro is awesome. Just I, I can get into it later. But the way he moves, the runs he makes, the way he can he comes up in the big moments. I think it's he's a great player to play to, to play with. Um, but again, it was it was the way it was conducted. I actually defended him at the time because he wasn't even talking really talking about Chelsea. He was mainly discussing the fact that he he mishandled himself. He mishandled the way he left injured because Conte left. Hakimi left, and then um, and then uh, Lukaku uh, left after that. And uh, had he stayed uh, with Inzaghi from the beginning, maybe he wouldn't have gone through this. Again, he goes from 30 to 15 to 14. That's not a big coincidence. And again, uh, he had some injuries last year. Only played 25 league uh, league games, um, but it is what it is. All right. Uh, okay, got to get something. I'll be right back. All right. Um, so now that we have that, this was my issue. So it goes to other the, the drama stuff. There's some drama stuff during that thing I just laid out. You go on top of that, and what do we see here? We see a guy who leaves Inter or his, his loan ended, then thought then floated the possibility of going to Juventus again. Inter and Juventus are not friends. Um, those are probably Inter's biggest rival outside of AC Milan, and in some cases, uh, more than AC Milan. Um, so you look at that aspect of it, and then Juve fans protest that idea by charging the pitch in, in a preseason game, as, as well as bringing banners out um, against Lukaku. Remember, Lukaku had that incident, uh, the, raci the racial um, incidents um, in... Um, in the Copa Italia uh, semifinal against Juventus, and the Juventus fans were punished for their um, contribu uh, contributions in that. Uh, but uh, Lukaku wanted to go to Juventus, despite profusely expressing his love for Inter Milan. At one point, it was, I just want to play for Inter, and then it became something completely different. He tries to go to Juve. The thing explodes and doesn't have a doesn't have a role um, inside of the um, inside of the uh, inter uh, Chelsea team, and now he's you know he was stuck in limbo. And then one thing after another, there was an interest between Roma, a link between Roma and Lukaku. The reason I didn't want to do it is because again he's a great player from a football aspect, scores goals, he can do his thing. Um, from not a non-football aspect, from a mental aspect, from a uh, 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 dressing room aspect from a lot of things. I I refer to it as I don't even know what I said. I said I said it's like bringing the circus to town. 
And um, see, that's why I didn't want to do it. I was like, I would rather have Zabata and somebody else. This was before that whole deal collapsed. But I would rather have Zabata and somebody else um, instead because... um, um, because basically, because uh, uh, Zabata um, came out, um, it did it, just because he wasn't going to dr- bring drama. Um, just like uh, Sara Usman is not going to bring drama. I was afraid of the drama aspect to it until I watched Roma and Verona, and then I said, "Oh dear God, me, bring the circus to town." Period. Now, so the Lukaku deal has been. Done. Uh, it's been struck. He's going to be announced uh, tomorrow um, uh, uh, as a Roma player. He's already come, as I said before, he's already co- arrived in the capital. He's already come to the airport. He's completed his medical. But the, the deal officially will not be um, announced um, until, uh, until tomorrow. Um, uh, so let's see. I, I think it's done. Um, I just I'm just looking for the uh, the details of the deal. Just want to. Um, all right. Uh, so according to the Guardian, and I I had this checked from multiple sources. I just didn't remember. Um, Roma's going to cover the salary, and um, will be uh, it's it will be a seven point five million. A loan uh, price again. It's so expensive for a loan, but but I think Chelsea are trapped because of how much they initially paid. That they're trying to get as much money from the from Lukaku or f- money from Italy for Lukaku as possible because they had to pay like nine last year for for Inter and then another seven, so nine fifteen and a half million already. So if they do this and then sell him for 20 it's 50 it's like 35 again you paid 97 it's you know so it's a disaster um yeah so it's a dry loan it's a one-year deal now if, if lukaku comes in here and scores 30 goals next season um that would be amazing obviously um maybe roma try to get a permanent deal after that um but for the moment i think this is a good deal um from a football standpoint but again the reason I pushed back on the Lukaku thing was because of the other the other the other aspects, um, uh, you know, surrounding it, and uh, and you know the different the you know just because of the drama and the, the locker room. But then you had to think Lukaku's there will be up front with Balotti, which is two really physical types of strikers trying to you know do what they do, and then you look up. Then you look on different stance. You have Dybala, Pellegrini behind. Then you have a midfield with with playmakers that are capable of pushing the ball forward. And again, Lukaku's going to miss some really bad chances this season. It's inevitable. Um, but um, the potential of, of him, and I think he, I think again, I know he had 14 and 15 last two seasons. If he stays healthy, Mourinho's worked with him before. I think he'll figure it out. He'll be. I don't know if he's going to be on the squad, but I think he'll be he'll be at the game on uh, Friday against AC Milan. He's got a pretty good record against scoring against AC Milan. So if he is uh, available, um, 
Obviously, that's huge. Um, he's a he's guy. He's somebody who's capable of scoring 20 goals. He's gonna miss some really dumb chances, but he certainly can be a you know a 20 goal scorer um, next season. Um, and uh, again, it's it's not just that. It's just like the, the Roma have a desperate need uh, for Lukaku. Um, and so on and so forth. It's good. Again, as long as there's no distractions and it does not affect the dressing room, I think he's going to end up being a fan favorite. Again, it, but the, under the conditions that there's no drama, which there always seems to be. But if there's no drama, if Mourinho can get through to him, I think it will be a good deal. And again, the potential of Sammy Abraham coming back in, in I don't know when he's coming back, like February maybe. You have Lukaku, Abraham, and Bellotti. If, if if it works out and Roma want to buy him permanently, you can have a, a strike duel with um, uh, with uh, Lukaku and Abraham, and I think I think that w- that could be interesting. And obviously, Bilotti's still there, and we we have some other options with the striker we just brought in. But but I, I think thinking about the, this thinking about this going into the future is just not the right thing to do. I think the right thing to do is like we have a guy now who can give us 20 goals, one one point out of two games. Him coming in here and, and being that striker up front for us, I think changes changes things dramatically. So uh, Lukaku comes, and I, I think it's going to be a good deal. But again, I do have some concern about uh, the drama that could follow it. But if there's no drama, this is this could be potentially a huge deal. And we, he knows the league. He knows he knows Jose, and uh, he's he's comfortable in Syria. And, and again, you look at um, I'm actually curious how many goals he has for in Syria. Goals he has. Um, in total. Um, all right, sorry. I just, I just want to check this real fast. Uh, okay. Uh, 47, 57 league goals in, I'm not going to do that. I don't know how many games. Um, um, 92. So 97, 97 games and 57 goals. It's not bad. Um, yeah. If you put it all together, that's 64, 74, 75, 76, 70, 78. 78 goals. Um, so someone that's clearly capable of finding the back of the net, if he stays healthy, this could be a slam dunk for Roma. All right, okay, listen, guys. This is what I'm gonna do, um, because I still have. I'm gonna sum. I'm gonna go quick for these next um, couple of of topics. I have one, one, two, three. I have like I have like four topics left, but I'm gonna I'm gonna skip through. I'm gonna go pretty quickly on them. Um, I've been going for 110 minutes. Um, tomorrow, I will do the Bundesliga version. I did, look. I just spent too much time on the um, on the first topic. Um, I've been sitting here for a while, um, and I, I just you know I have one. Sorry, one, two, three, four, five, six. I have like seven top Bundesliga topics. Um, I'll do it tomorrow on Wednesday. Um, but for for now, I'm just gonna finish off with Syria, and I'm gonna just summarize this for the. I'm going to summarize this as quickly as I can um, because 
I'm tired. <laughs> and I'll save the rest of the stuff for, for next week. Um, not next week. I'll save the rest of the stuff for tomorrow. All right. So, um, somebody that I've been very critical of for the last couple of years um, is Christian Pulisic. The reason I've been harsh on him is because I've never felt that the player and what he's done, the way he plays, not the way he plays, but but the player's contributions equate the attention that he's put on top of. Now, the Captain American thing, I don't think a nickname is a nickname, but the way he has been uh, treated, not, not, I'm sorry, not treated, the way he, the attention that has been given to him is not something he's deserved. I've been very critical of this because everyone says Captain America. Everyone says Christian Pulisic is the best player in the U.S. Everyone says he's a superstar, change a difference maker, all these things. Okay, he hasn't been a superstar level player or a even rising star level player since Dortmund. Yeah, the one year at Chelsea where he was decent, pretty good, um, but overall, um, he's not deserved the credit that he's been given. You look at some of the other U.S. players that have been delivering on a regular level for longer. They don't get the attention. They don't get the praise. They don't get any of this. Okay, that's my problem. Also, my pro also problem is his uh, his loudmouth father who doesn't know when to sh shut his mouth. So I'll, I'm just gonna say this: Christian Pulisic, as it stands right now, is not Captain America. Has not deserved the praise. Or the attention, or the credit, or all these things that he's been given, or the, the nickname even. However, I, I said I've said a couple times now. I'm not criticizing him at AC Milan. I want him to hit. I want him to do well. I want him to get away from the American media, reject the idea that he is Captain America. Just turn it down when people refer to you that way. Just just ignore all of just kill the noise. Kill all of the fucking noise. And put your head down and deliver for AC Milan. And so far, he, so far he's done that, you know, brilliantly. His first two games, he's absolutely on fire, and I could not be more happy for him because he's starting to look like a player that would deserve the type of attention and credit that he's been given. Now, at what point will he actually deserve it? I'm not willing to say he deserves that sort of credit until. Jan January the minimum, but we're we're probably talking about this opening season. So by the end of this season, I think he will not only will he have hit for AC Milan, but the Captain America thing, the the nickname, the way he, you know, the, the, the his treatment, his credit, his, all this stuff, it will be more deserved than it is now. Um, first game of the season, absolutely sensational, great goal, um, outside the box, smashed it into the bottom corner. And then had an incredible assist that you know uh, came across the top into the box. Then was was caught by another teammate that was put into Giroud. Um, again, uh, match day two scores again. He's finally looking like a player that can make a difference. Um, now the big thing is the Liao Pulisic connection has not occurred yet. When it does, he needs to. I'm gonna see what I'm gonna repeat what I always said. Um, he needs to uh, to you know. Put it in the back of the net, um, and and uh, again, uh, just be an aid to him because this is Liao's team. 
Uh, he may not be scoring all the goals, but it is his team. He has a long-term deal. He stayed at AC Milan when he could have gone literally anywhere else. This is his team, and I think Christian Pulisic has done an absolutely amazing job. I think he's been fantastic. I think he deserves the credit he's getting in, in Italy, and I think he should just turn his back on the United States media. Not the, not the United States, just the media. Turn your back on the the loudmouth people like Alexi Lawless that want to overreact to everything. Just go down there, and by the end of the season, the kid will have deserved it, and uh, and so on. Um, all right, uh, so real quick, two, two things here. Um, Lazio, again, totally collapsed, totally falling apart. Um, I know they're bringing in Guendouzi, um, I think, this week. Um, it's, well, it's, it's a deal that's progressing. Um, they brought in Kamada uh, to replace Savage, and Sarri just doesn't know how to use him properly. Kamada is a playmaker. He's not a holding midfielder. He's not a guy who's just going to be sitting in the middle. He should be the one making things happen in the attack. Um, in terms from a, from a, um, a uh, facilitation standpoint, and I think he's Sarri's may have lost the plot a little bit. He hasn't figured it out. Hasn't figured out how to handle this team. Hasn't figured out many aspects of what needs to happen. Um, and that's just. You know, it's just reality. Um, and until he figures it out, it's going to determine how bad this is. Because they lost to Genoa, who's not particularly great. They just got promoted. They were beating Lecce in the first game of the season. Then Lecce, Lecce scored twice at the end to beat them. Now they're going to have to play... I think they play Napoli? I think they play Napoli... Do they play Napoli? Yeah, I think they play Napoli next weekend. So you're talking about a team that might lose again. Now, I can't talk because Rome have been just as bad. And we may lose again on on Friday. But all things considered, for the team that they have, for what they did last season, second place finish, for a team that should be in the Champions League, a team that should be uh, ahead of AC Milan, ahead of these teams. Again, it's, it's two matches in. But their whole thing was, this is a different this is a different Lazio. We finished second last season. We're going to improve, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. They the the the, the thing that's gone against them is they do not perform against the lesser teams. Um, and this was the year they were supposed to prove to us that that's no longer the case. That a bit, that they they can break the cycle. And so far they haven't broken the cycle. And Lazio does not know how to use their midfield. Kamada being used the way he is is just idiotic, and they need to find a way to unlock him. If they cannot unlock Kamada, then they're not going to make Europe this season. That's that's how dire this is because of Savage and what what he brought to that team. Now that Kamada's there, who's just as good, they need to they need to know how to use him properly. If they can do that, they can move on. But I mean, even in this game, uh, uh, Mobley missed a couple good chances and. And Genoa deserved to win that game, and and they just every year, every single fucking year, they're in the same situation where they can't beat these lesser teams, and it's a big problem. All right, Inter again, uh, look good, strong. Um, yeah, they look like the best team uh, of the, uh, this li- in this league uh, so far. Um, they're my favorites for a reason. They got the most complete team for a reason. Um, the Charles already scored. Uh, three times, um, they handled themselves against um, 
Cavallari without too much difficulty. They beat Monza in the first match of the season. It looks like they have the depth, they have the quality, they have the individuals, they have the starting lineup, they have, they have everything. And and Zaghi's done a good job of of handling um, this team and uh, moving on and and uh, trying to put the last two years behind them and finally put together a team that is capable of winning the league. Um, now uh, to to push forward. More again, I just spent too much time on those first two topics. I apologize. So I'm, I'm, I'm just going to briefly put this, I'm going to end on this. Um, Alonso spent their entire summer uh, selling Roy, uh, Remus um, Hoyland. That's number one. Number two, what they do instead, they, again, they brought they brought in a striker. They don't. They didn't need to bring in three, four, or five strikers. They just needed one to replace him. Um um, and uh, they had issues in the midfield and issues in defense. Atlanta did not in any way um, address their two biggest needs, which is the midfields and defense. Their midfield's okay. The defense is okay too, but they're not good enough. They needed to upgrade those two uh, parts of their team, and they chose not to. They brought in King Charles from AC Milan, scored in his debut. Um, they still have Zabata. They brought in who else did they bring in? They brought in um, they have another striker. Anyway, they brought in three strikers when they could have just brought in one striker, and then they brought in Skamaka. So they brought in like four. They brought in a ton of attackers. Then instead of of, of looking at the other issues, and I think from the attacking standpoint, they're going to be they're going to be truly incredible, but. From a midfield and defensive aspect, I think they're going to struggle, and I think, um, yeah, I, th I think they, they need to uh, they needed to address those needs, and I, I don't think they're going to, because I don't think Gasparini wants to. Gasparini wants to get back into the the the, the style of play from before, and they all have Adam Lokman, so they have way too many attackers to begin with. It's, it's again. Replacing Hoyland is fine, but uh, Lokman had 13 goals and five assists last season. Um, they have Zabata. They have they have this new guy from France. They have um, Skamak. I mean, it's just they just didn't address the, the things they needed to address, um, and I think that's the big issue here. Um, they want. I'm guessing he wants to go back to the teams where he could just score as many goals as possible, but they would concede three, you know, and. They're weak at the, during those during that pro, those prime years. They were weak at the back, and if they were not weak at the back, they could have won the league. Um, Gasparini still, you either stick to the this identity or you go with another one. But I, I just have a level of concern about that aspect of it, and also they again their midfield and defense is they're they're not horrible, but. It's what's going to let them down um, near the end of the season. Uh, just uh, to, to run through, I'll do the Bundesliga show tomorrow. Um, Calgary, uh, Inter beat Calgary 2-0. Salernitana and Udinese split 1-1. Uh, Napoli beat Sassuolo 2-0. Lazio lost to Genoa 1-0. Fiorentina uh, threw away a two-goal lead against Lecce to, to draw 2-2. Juventus and Bologna uh, split a 1-1 draw. 
AC Milan uh, beat Torino 4-1. Halas Verona beat Roma 2-1. Monza beat Empoli 2-0. And Frozenone beat Atlanta 2-1. Um, tomorrow I'll be back with the Bundesliga stuff. Going forward, I'm going to try to split both. Uh, but obviously I had to primarily focus on the big deal for Napoli and uh, and so on. Um, I'm going to get back at this on a regular basis. Um, at least uh, the solo show. I'm also going to do the, the non-solo show as well, obviously, when whenever that is. And, um, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the next one. Anything about my soul Won't be easy, give me more fight It's cool with me, but you wanna be safe